Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Good morning, Edwin. Good morning, Andrew. How are you doing today? I am fantastic today. I'm glad to hear it. I'm excited about this week. We're looking at the Psalms. Psalm 42. Psalm 42. We've moved into book two of the Psalms. You know, we should spend a little time on this week's conversations and explore that. I'm sure that it's going to come up. Okay, very good. (laughs) I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. Psalm 42. To the choir master, a mascal of the sons of Korah. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Well, I really appreciate that reading, and it is exciting starting this second book of Psalms. One of the things that I noticed at the beginning of Psalm 42, and and even in the heading that we've discussed from time to time, there's not a mention of David. And most of them in our previous Psalms mentioned David in some way. But we've got a a new person here, a new name, uh, which is Korah to the chief musician, a mascal or a contemplation of the sons of Korah. In book one, there are 41 Psalms. 38 of them are ascribed to David. Yes. When we take a look at the other three, you've got Psalm 1 and Psalm 2. Those are very often considered introductory psalms. Mm-hmm. And then the third psalm that is not attributed to David it is, is actually Psalm 10. But mm-hmm. if you remember, Psalm 10 is the one that went with Psalm 9. It was oh, the yeah. one that—in fact, in the Greek— the, the Greek version, they are put together as right. one psalm, which changes the numbering throughout the rest of the psalms. Yeah. The idea, of course, is that the superscription on Psalm 9 really applies to both 9, nine and, and 10, ten. Either, right. either being written as a single poem right. or written later as a response to complete that poem, but both of them would be by David. So if we were to accept that, then that leaves only two in the first book not attributed to David. And that that seems natural when you have these two introductory psalms, that they're, they're kind of above and beyond everything else. So book number one is absolutely 100% clearly David's collection of psalms. Mm-hmm, book mm-hmm. number two 
is also considered a Davidic collection, namely because book two actually ends with a statement, something along the lines of, so ends the songs of David, <laughs> the there son of go. Jesse. And now there there are songs of David in some of the other books, but these first two clearly have the great majority are from David. Okay. So let me just run through this with you real quick since you brought that up. In book two, we've got 31 psalms. 18 of them are attributed to David. Eight of them are attributed to Korah, and are sons of Korah, I should say. Yeah. Now, I do want to point out that does include Psalm 43, which is anonymous technically, but most folks think Psalm 43 goes along with 42, kind of like 10 and 9 go together. Okay. So typically that one's attributed to the sons of Korah also. There's one by Asaph, there's one by Solomon, and then there are three that aren't attributed to anyone. And so David has the great majority, even in book mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. In the narrative arc that I'm I'm starting to believe we actually see taking place throughout the Psalms, kind of an overarching big picture, there there seems to be this idea that in these first two books, we really are looking at the Davidic covenant. We're looking at Psalms that come from the Davidic covenant, the the hope that David, as this man after God's own heart, is going to be the the Messiah, the one, the chosen one that we've been waiting for. But as we go through these two books, we see that David fails mm-hmm. in that and that we're actually looking forward to another. A descendant of David. And book two ends with a psalm from Solomon. Okay. Kind of moving into that next generation. And so it sets us up for book three, which would, um, we would hope, talk about that Davidic line that's supposed to mm-hmm. save everything, but it just fails and falters until you get to book four, which seems to have a lot of of resonance with a period of exile, and then mm-hmm. book five, which has a real resonance with a period of restoration, yeah. and and then leading and to that ultimate praise and... that is looking forward to the coming yeah. Messiah. Psalms of Ascent and So all just that. kind of some interesting things there that we see between book one, book two, the number of psalms written by David, and, and how that all fits. What you would almost see is that book one is mm-hmm. this... Here's the time of David. It's kind of the picture of when he's newly king. Then you move into this second book that includes Korah, Asaph, Solomon. We're looking at a later, kind of presenting this picture, even though we don't know when all the Psalms were written, Mm -hmm. but kind of a later picture of David's reign now that tabernacle worship is happening and the temple is being built. It's it's kind of those pictures. He's he's set worship leaders in in place. Uh And so now we've got David working along with these other worship yeah. leaders. It's, it's just kind of an interesting picture. It's, I, I know that's that's a little bit speculative, but it's kind of a an overarching narrative kind of picture that all these psalms, no matter when they were originally written, kind of give us the picture of that kind of timing, yeah. if that makes sense. And with the headings we've mentioned before, they are quite old and yeah. perhaps even commentary to what's going on with him. So, Absolutely. you know, it's helpful and it's interesting to see those things. So, I mean, that was, you know, we're just approaching the text and we're talking about it. That was one of the things I noticed. We have a name drop here and it is not David. <laughs> Which leads to a second thing. Yeah. The, the name that's dropped is actually kind of interesting. What do you know about Korah? When I see Korah, I think of the rebellion against Moses in the days of the wilderness, Korah's rebellion, most notably how it ended with the Lord swallowing up Korah and his family and those followers by the earth. Of course, the challenge was that Moses had been appointed by God as the prophet and the leader of the people, but after a period of time of wandering in the wilderness, uh, by name Korah 
who evidently was a relative of Moses, uh, was leading a rebellion and saying, well, Moses, well, we, you think you're special, but we're, we're all you know, Israelites. We're all God's people. And let someone else be a leader. All the Israelites were relatives of Moses. Right. I, I just meant within the Levitical tribe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's right. He he is much closer. He is one of those sons of Levi, and Moses is a son of Levi. Korah was a Kohathite, mm-hmm. and we find that connection to the family with Aaron and Moses. We can understand why these others who are descended from Levi might even themselves vaunt themselves up as being equal with Moses. What makes you special? We're all sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we're all we're both even sons of Levi. Right. And well and Miriam had a similar problem. She did. And the Lord struck her with leprosy. Uh, so there were a few different times and then she was healed. But there was a few different times when people challenged uh, the leading of Moses and God always uh, stood for Moses, made it clear it was for Moses. In number sixteen they're actually more than just Korah that are leading this rebellion. You've got Korah, Dathan, Abiram, and a fellow named On, who's actually or Own, who's actually a descendant of Reuben. But in the ESV that I have, they don't have it in the superscription they provide at number 16. They actually call it Korah's Rebellion. That's what I've always seen. And that's what almost everybody calls it. It's yeah. fascinating. There's these other three fellas that are a part of it, but it's Korah's Rebellion. We we all look back and see it as mostly being his rebellion. Mm-hmm. Of course, as you've already pointed out, at the end of that rebellion, the earth opened up and swallowed these men, swallowed their families. However, we do find out in Numbers 26 and verse 11 that at least some of the sons of Korah did not die in the rebellion. Okay. Whether that was God just being merciful to the line or whether that was there were some sons of Korah that were enough against Korah that they weren't punished Mm -hmm. when the punishment came. I don't believe we're told that. But that leaves us room for... Sons of Korah. Sons of Korah. Who are, are now writing these psalms. So other Levites, descendants of Korah, as we mentioned a moment ago, David has been setting temple worship in order, even though he would not be the one to build the temple. God gave him the plans for the temple, and uh, Solomon would be the one to build it. But David got all of these Levites in order, and um, sons of Korah would be part of the singers, right? Yeah. Musicians. Do you, yes, they were part of the musicians. They were given service of the song, specifically mm-hmm. Heman, mm-hmm. a descendant of Korah, who we're actually going to see given a title to one psalm just by name. Okay. Not just the sons of Korah, but Heman, the Ezraite, seems to be that same Heman, a son of Korah. Now, here's my question for you. Yeah. Do you know who the most famous Korahite is? Oh, that's a great question. No. <laughs> I I don't know Most how many times I've read. Or, is this should this be trivia? Should we hold off till the end of the <laughs> week to trivia. to let people know? I I don't know how many times I've read First Chronicles. I don't know how many times I've taught First Chronicles. But this week, as I was studying and looking at Psalm forty two and trying to figure out some things about Korah and his descendants, I was completely shocked to discover in 1 Chronicles chapter 6, verses 31 through 37, the most famous descendant of Korah, Samuel. Samuel the prophet Samuel? Samuel the prophet. Samuel the prophet Samuel who, anointed anointed Saul, anointed. who anointed David. Samuel wow. is a descendant of Korah. Okay. Which actually ties into the number one big thing that I really want us to see from this. Okay. 
I would think that Korra, being the leader of this rebellion, eaten alive by the earth, along with most of his family, that that would be the kind of reputation that would follow you and follow your kids and follow your grandkids mm-hmm. and cause us to say, I, I, I mean, OK, we'll we'll let you be a part of the family, but um, your day's over. There's really not much you can provide. We we know your family. You're the Cora family. You're the Rebel family. You're the people. You're you're the family that got eaten up by the Earth. Yeah. So y- kind of a kind of a your name's mud kind yes. of thing. The pariah, the black sheep in Korra. the family. And yet, we actually find Samuel the prophet is one of the Korites. We find Heman the psalmist is one of the Korites. We find this Heman as a singer and in the mm-hmm. service of song. We find gatekeepers for the tabernacle and the temple. And that's actually going to last even into the return after the exile. Right. These Korahites are going to be brought back as gatekeepers and keepers of the threshold. And it just makes this really fantastic point. Andrew, it does not matter who your parents are, who your grandparents are, who your great-great-grandparents are. It does not matter how bad they've been. God can use you. I love that. I love that. Even as you're talking about that, and we see this name Korah and how it would be an infamous name, I think about others in that line that you mentioned, like a Samuel. Mm-hmm. And there are people who have done great things, perhaps, in your family. And uh, you don't get to carry on on that name and trade on that. It's You have to make your choice and have your faith in the right. Lord as well. Right. Samuel, Samuel coming from the line doesn't change everything for everyone in the future. Heman has to go ahead and accept his role right. and live according to it. Yeah. So we're not, we, we're not condemned by who our parents and grandparents are, but neither are we saved by that. Yeah. It's really about God can use you. Mm-hmm. Will you let him? Mm-hmm. Will you serve mm-hmm. him? Will you serve him? What are you learning from the Psalms? We would love to know what what lessons have you, have you thought about this thing with Korah and his sons and how that that plays into your life. Is there something else you're reading in Scripture and you want to let us know about how beneficial it is for you? Send us an email at texttalk at christiansmeethere dot org. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer today, Andrew. Our great God and Father, thank you for this day for the gift of life. Thank you, Lord, for your Word. And as we begin looking at this Psalm in Psalm forty two. Father, we we see lessons here about people who we know how they served you. We know how their story ends because because it was written in the Bible. And Father, we pray that we might learn from that, from the good and from the bad, that we might make our choice to believe in you, trust you, obey you, and serve you today. We pray, Father, that you might work through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.